Good evening and welcome into another edition of the Stephanie Gately Podcast here on WFEVsports.org. DJ Sixsmith alongside Chris Morasco. We'll have Coach Gately in a little bit, but now we're joined by fab freshman Samantha Clark. So Sam, we're a couple games into the season now, seven games. What's your freshman year been like so far here at Fordham? Um, I love it. It's a new experience for me and the team's been great helping me adjust to the new game. So it's been a great experience so far. And uh, how do you feel you've transitioned as a player since game one that first weekend in upstate New York to where you are right now? I mean, the first game I ended up having to start, so it was a little nerve-wracking, but I feel the team's been behind me the whole time and giving me positive um, feedback with everything I do, so it's been a good time. Now take me back to that experience. Coach Gately tells you you're starting. It's your first collegiate game. You must have been just so surprised to have that call. I was. It was probably the day before she told me I was starting, so wasn't a lot of time to set in, so I just had to play my best and not let the nerves get the best of me. One of the things we talked about that first weekend in the broadcast was that your first game compared to your second game was so much different. In that second half at Cornell, you were taking the ball to the rim, and you looked much more assertive. Was that something where you just needed to play one game to get yourself into college basketball? I think that was um, one of the things that helped me, but Coach Gailey's always been on me about playing with confidence, so was the team, so... I think the second half of Cornell, I really had to show that I am ready to play at this level. And Sam, you talk about that. What's been the most difficult thing transitioning from the high school game where you were the star of the team to now where you're just one of the girls trying to contribute? I mean, we're all the same. We all have the same talents, different um, things. But I think I just need to play my game and show them that I can still contribute as much as anybody else can. And can you talk about the uh, the team a little bit and how much easier it was for you coming to a team that's so close together like this Fordham team is? I mean, this team's really close. We're all so supportive of each other, and Rennie said this is one of the best teams she's been on, and I can't agree anymore. Now, Sam, you have been recruited since freshman year of high school, and Coach Gately was still at Monmouth. So did you think for a while you were going to go there before she came over here to Fordham? Uh, definitely. That was one of my top decisions since my freshman year. I was never really looking at Fordham before that, so once she came here, it's kind of a surprise that I ended up here. And you were the first top 100 recruit that Fordham's had. Was there uh, extra hype on you or more pressure coming in with all the attention around you being such a top recruit? Um, I think everybody knew my accomplishments, but Coach Gailey told me just to do what I know how to do and not let anything else get to me. So, Sam, you've traveled around the country already. We've been upstate New York, San Francisco, you were in Wisconsin. Which was your favorite trip so far? I think California because I think it's one of the trips that I probably would never go on. So... Getting a chance to go see California is pretty awesome. Can you talk about a little more of the transition from high school to college and the overall physicality of the game and the speed, how much different it is coming from high school to your first year of college? I think the game's completely different. Speed and physicality is one of the biggest things, so it was something I had to get used to doing. And in that first game for Albany, you went up up against Megan Clark. She was 6'7", so she made you look even small. What, What was that experience like for you? Um, I've always been the tallest person playing against, so having someone six seven was something new for me. <laughs> With the team five and two right now and conference play coming up, how far do you think this team can go later as the season develops a little more? I think we can go pretty far. We just need to have confidence ourselves, confidence in shooting, and just play together. And Sam, what's it like playing on a defense that is just so ferocious and one of the best in the country? Um, I think it's awesome. Defense has always been a part of me, like with my AU team and everything, so... It's just another transition I have to get used to. And you got you guys just got back from Marquette where you lost in a real close game to a Big East opponent. Do you feel after that game that Fordham could play with any team in the country from any conference? 
Um, absolutely. I think we just have confidence in ourselves. We show that we can play at almost any level, so confidence is key for us. And Sam, we've seen this season, you get the ball in the paint, but would you like to see some more touches inside? Um, absolutely, but Coach Gailey says I need to <laughs> be more aggressive and open my mouth and ask for the ball. You shot around 40% from three-point range in high school, and now you've taken limited threes. Is that part of your game that we'll see a little more out of you, or are you more looking to go inside? Um, hopefully we'll see it more often. I just need to get used to what I'm doing inside and make me versatile and go outside soon. So, Sam, tomorrow night you're at Yale. What's going to be the key to get the W in Connecticut? I think just confidence and everyone playing together and just shooting the ball with confidence is key for us. Is all the travel and the road games something that's been tougher for you to overcome after high school where you're taking bus trips in your home that night, whereas instead now you're getting back from Marquette and then leaving for Yale a day after? Has that been something that's been a grind on you? I think it's crazy that we just got back last night and we're leaving again today, but I guess it's just something different with the college level. All right, Sam, I want to know, favorite part of the San Francisco trip? Um, I think it was sightseeing. It was a good time to spend time with the team and actually get to see California. All right, now the favorite part of the Marquette trip, and which one did you like more? Um, Marquette was probably just experience of playing a Big East team. Um, and I'd probably say California because we got to see sightseeing. Chris, I was in California, so obviously she's going to like that one better. Yeah. All right, Sam, well, thanks so much for joining us, and best of luck for the rest of the year. Thank you. Back here on WFEVsports.org, DJ Sixsmith, Chris Morasco, now joined by head coach Stephanie Gailey. Coach, did you miss me this week in Wisconsin? I mean, feel the love. Did you feel the love? We certainly missed you, DJ. I felt the love. Chris, we're part of the family, but the family was missing me this weekend. I think they did just fine with me. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, without me this weekend, coach, your team lost, but a very close game. So just talk about your team's performance against a very good Big East opponent in Marquette. I mean, I think there was a lot of positives and negatives. I mean, typically speaking, when I go in the locker room, I speak about things that we need to to work on. I mean, down the stretch, you know, to the person watching wouldn't see it, but a couple of things that we had discussed in the timeout, Charlotte was supposed to foul somebody that she didn't. And then the last play, we go over this stuff all the time in practice. You know, um, even though we got a shot off, which I was proud of, that wasn't what we set up. And so, therefore, you know, I, I just put an emphasis this week to the kids of saying how uncritical it is to practice the way you're going to play. And I think that became very, very clear after that game that we made that point. Um, other things we need to work on, obviously, are shooting. You know, we're, we're not shooting the ball well. I mean, I think we got wide open shots. You look at it and you say, wow, you took 35 threes. I think 32, there was no one even near people on 32 of the 35. And, you know, typically speaking, if you got people like Mar and Abigail and Aaron and Ace shooting the ball, you would like to think you – you could put at least 10 of those in. But we make 10 of them, we win that game. You know, So it was a very winnable game. We got out-rebounded, but I don't think we got out-hustled. Um, and I think the kids played hard, and I think the kids realized that we dictate that game. That team averages 70 points a game, and we kept them to 51. If we make some shots, it goes to my theory, if you play defense, you will be in every game. If you make shots, you win the game. If you don't make shots, it'll be anyone's game. Coach, a lot of teams from smaller conferences would probably be happy losing by three on the road out of Big East opponent, but your team, the way they're playing this season, is that a game where you thought you had the more athletic team out there? I don't think we were more athletic. I mean, I, I think that they, they had, on paper, I think they were the better team skill-wise, size-wise, athletic-wise. Um, but I felt that we were a more cohesive team. I think the kids, you know, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think the kids may have been a little intimidated by their size when it started. And I think in about the 12-minute mark or, you know, the third time out around between the 12- and the 8-minute mark, I think the kids realized that this is a team we could beat. 
And I think we got open shots, and that's the thing I challenged him with at the timeouts. Like, listen, guys, we're going to get any shot we want. It's going to be a question of whether we can play defense or rebound. Coach, you mentioned the struggles from three-point land. In terms of the free throws, were you surprised that he shot so poorly at just 50%? Yeah, but if you honestly, if you, if you take a couple of kids away, our best free throw shooters made theirs, you know, and then, you know, that's been a struggle sometimes with some of the other kids. I mean, a couple of the kids are, are struggling from the field. Unfortunately, they're the ones that got the majority of them in that game, even though we didn't take many. But a game, a game is decided by three points, and you go 50% from the foul line, it all comes back to bite you. Coach, with the exception exception of the poor shooting last game, you guys are 5-2 and two this season. You had a great season last year where you advanced to the conference tournament. We talked so much about in the broadcast how this team has a whole new look to it with you at the helm. And has this team exceeded expectations so far this season with their record and where you think they can go? Well, it's interesting. Now, somebody pointed out that at this, year, at this point last year we were at the same record, but it was a totally different feel. I mean, we had a rough stretch ahead of us. We still had Rutgers. We still had some tough games ahead of us. And here, we're, after we get past the Yale game, we're, on, we're home for five straight games. So um, the, the difference in this team that I felt, like even in Pacific and, and, and Marquette in particular because of our losses, I didn't see any fear in their eyes, whereas last year I saw a lot of fear in, the, in those timeouts of doubt and whether we could win the game. And I don't feel that at all with this team. Even when teams make runs or even when we're not shooting well, um, I think it's a team that understands, especially after you know learning from that Marquette game, that we can play with anybody. Marquette would be in the, in the top quartile of the Atlantic 10 you know, if they were in the Atlantic 10 conference. So I think our kids realize that we're capable of beating anyone. And, Coach, certainly the progress of your team can be seen in the turnover department. Just nine turnovers compared to Marquette's 18. And a couple of those wins on the West Coast, you turned over the ball a lot. So you got to think it's nice to see the girls really starting to understand they need to take care of the basketball. Yeah, that was a point of emphasis going in that, you know, we want a good shot in every possession. We don't have to do anything special. I mean, and, you know, Marquette didn't put a ton of pressure on us. Maybe they had, you know, they had a lot of respect, more respect for our guards. But I think it's something that as we go along we'll get better at. And I think that's, you know, the luxury of having a couple – you know, combo guards in, in Ariel and, and, and Aaron in your, your backcourt because both of them are capable of playing the point. But then, again, when you go four guards with Mar and Abigail, you also have some serviceable small forwards or big guards. There was a couple times in that game that you guys fell behind by 10 points, and it looked for a while like Marquette was pulling away, and then each time your team would crawl back somehow in some way, they'd hit a big shot or take a charge. What do you make of the way your team put themselves in a position to win or go to overtime in the final minutes? Well, I just felt there was a difference between the Manhattan game and the Marquette game because in our Manhattan game, I just felt after that game almost like we lost because I just didn't feel like we played up to our level. And in the Marquette game, I walked away feeling we got better, you know, because I think if we make shots, I think we win that game on the road. Um, so I think that, you know, for, for our kids, there's a never-say-die in these kids. They're, not, they're never going to stop. They're never going to quit. Um, and, of course, I'm never going to do that. So they usually follow the lead of, uh, you know, of, of your coach. And so we tell the kids it's a 40-minute game. You know, we're going to play to the final buzzer regardless of what the score is. And, Coach, how about Abigail Corning? She scores 12 points, 8 rebounds. After a tough end of the West Coast trip, she's finally starting to get her groove back, it seems. You know, Abigail's a warrior. She's going to be consistent in the effort attitude and attitude in every single game. I mean, she's someone that just goes hard in anything she does. I mean, she's leading us in rebounding at 5'9". I mean, and so it's, I think some of the forwards need to look at that. I, I really got all over the forwards after the game, the fact that combined our forwards had six rebounds. I mean, that's pathetic. And that, I was pretty clear to the forwards that that's unacceptable and that you need to, you know, take pride in that and take that personal. You know, because I think the guards have done an outstanding job on the boards. I think the forwards need to take some pride and, and step up their game in that area. 
Mara Strickland's a player that had a lot of expectations for her ability to shoot the three ball coming into the season. She struggled so far but hit four threes last game. Do you still feel that she's not where she might be by the end of the season? Yeah, I don't think Mara's hit her stride. I think, you know, it's, you know, 10 games into it, I think I'll have a better idea, you know, as we're approaching that that time. Um, She's getting wide open looks, and she seems comfortable taking them. Uh, I I think there's going to be games where she goes six for nine. Or five for eight, you know, you know, she went four for 10, then she went over five from two, you know, so it's just, you know, it's give and take. I think there's, you know, we've had a stretch right now where the last four games, we've lost two of them to two very good teams on the road. But, you know, we haven't shot the ball well. I'd be a little more concerned if we shot 45% and we were still losing these games. You know, and the score, like Pacific, if you look at that game, they dictated. The game was in the 60s, they dictated. You know, in the Marquette game, game was in the 50s. We dictated. You know, that, that's a difference. So now if we can just get kind of our offense and get both, you know, offense and defense on all cylinders, we'll be a very, very difficult team to play. Now, Coach, we know you like to go with that four-guard set, but in your two losses this year, really out-rebounded on the glass. How tough is it to see that? And does it make you question at all going with that four-guard lineup when you see such a disparity in the rebounding department? DJ, were you not listening? The six forwards combined had six rebounds. <laughs> I'm just hammering home the point. Yeah, I mean, I I would think that would be a really valid question if our forwards were rebounding well. But the fact that our our guards are out-rebounding our forwards, then I would beg to differ and say, to be honest, I really don't think. I think if we had started big, we're still out-rebounded by 20 because our guards are out-rebounding our forwards. Right. I think our guards are much more active and kind of crafty. And I think they do a better job of, of finding a person and boxing out, to be honest. Before I asked a question about Fordham being a smaller conference playing up, which really doesn't do the A-10 justice because it's becoming much more of a competitive league. I know Dayton's in the top 25 right now. Where do you feel your team sits once conference play as opposed to or with all the other teams in the conference? I would say we're a middle-of-the-pack team right now because I just I haven't seen everybody this year. But having gone through the conference last year and having been in the conference before, with the exception of maybe three blowout games, we were in every game. And so we were a couple of players away from, you know, finishing off some games. I mean, Xavier overtime, Duquesne, games, LaSalle overtime, St. Joe's overtime. Games that we didn't finish that we were right there with because we just didn't have the manpower. We just didn't have the depth. We were playing too many kids too many minutes. So I think this year I think that the kids get that, and I think that has a lot to do with why they're not in all of a Marquette. But I think like a Marquette game prepares us for going on the road against those type of teams. Well, Coach, you go right back on the road. You leave tonight for Yale. How tough of a turnaround is that after you just get off a plane on Sunday have to go right back to Connecticut on Monday? You know, it, it just is what it is. I mean, the men have to get back and go to Lehigh. I mean, it just, it, it's just it's part of scheduling. I mean, when you do scheduling and recruiting are probably the two biggest and most important parts of your job. Um, with scheduling, it, it, there's no grand magic to it. I mean, you, you, this year we knew we were going to be more experienced, so I wasn't as nervous about starting on the road because I thought that we were going to be stronger. And sometimes the kids have less, I, I guess, um, less nervous energy because they don't have to worry about, you know, people watching them, you know, their friends and everything. So you're a little bit probably better off starting off on the road. Um, but now, once we get past this, we're home five straight games, you know. So I, I kind of like the fact that we've put the tough stretch behind us. You know, the kids had off yesterday, so they had a day to go back and totally rest. We don't practice till late today, so they had a full day to sleep in and do what they needed to do to go to class. So really, fatigue should be a factor because if you get to the end of the season, you got to play three games straight. You can't, you can't cry about fatigue. 
And uh, after the Marquette game, I asked you a question about Ariel Collins because she did struggle, and it hasn't been the greatest start to the season for her, but such a good player, and she had such a large role on your team last year. She's someone you have to worry about going in later into the season, or is that just something where she'll learn how to gel better with this team and find her new role with all the new players? I think she's starting to gel more and more. I think her and Erin play very well together. Um, I think, you know, Ariel is, is, is a very unselfish player. I think last year we put so much on her because we just didn't have a lot of answers offensively. And this year, I think, to be honest, it's a more natural role for her. Take the open shot, see what you have, but you don't have to feel like you have to score. And I think that's much easier for her because she is such a crafty and creative passer. So I think for her, as she gets used to this lineup and gets more comfortable, I think the ankle injury had a little bit to do with why she was, you know, a little bit, you know, a little bit, you know, not herself, I guess, so to speak, against Saturday. But I think with another day rest yesterday and another day today, I think she'll be fine for Yale. Coach, let's talk about Yale. Where do you think your team has the advantages, and what's the most important factor to getting another win on the road? Experience. I mean, Yale's very young. They have, you know, they've lost a lot. You know, they're I think one to six at this point, but um, they've been close. They've been. They're a dangerous team. They've played, played Northwestern close. They've played DePaul close. They're a team that doesn't know how to finish it, but we're on their we're, their, we're on their court. And then they got a freshman that's shooting fifty seven percent from three. <laughs> I mean, that's double what our kids are shooting. <laughs> and so I mean, their whole lineup can shoot threes. So for us to be able to beat them, we need to understand the importance of taking away the perimeter game and making sure that we attack inside when we can and that we push the ball in transition. Last year there were games against poor, not poor teams, but teams that weren't in the top tier of their conferences that you guys played down to at some points, but this year you're 5-2. and two. And going into a game like Yale, is that a game where you feel you're at a different level and a game you should win on the road? I feel we are a different level. I feel we should win, but I made the mistake of saying that when we got ready for Manhattan. I feel it backfired because I think the kids played down to the level. And I have a lot of respect for Manhattan because I think they're very well coached, but I thought on paper we were definitely a better team. But I thought they put us on our heels right from the very beginning of that game. And so I was disappointed in our effort against Manhattan, and I clearly let the kids know about that. And so, therefore, it's going to be a great wake-up call because this is going to be a great opportunity to see how much we've matured since that Manhattan game. And, Coach, finally, how nice would it be for your team to sit at 6-2 and two and come home for five straight games? Uh, DJ, that would be a nice early Christmas game. Ah, there you go. <laughs> That's it right there. And, of course, you can catch that game on WFUVsports.org. 7 p.m. will be on five minutes before at 6.55. Coach Gailey, we'll see you in Connecticut tomorrow. Look forward to it. Thank you so much. That will do it for another edition of the Stephanie Gately Show here on WFUVsports.org. The executive producer of all WFUV Sports broadcasts is Bob Ahrens. Join us tomorrow at 7 p.m. as Fordham takes on Yale in the Nutmeg State. Our coverage starts five minutes before with a one-on-one pregame report at 6.55. Then on Saturday afternoon, the Rams battle with the Sea Wolves of Stony Brook at 2 p.m. So for my partner, Chris Morasco, this is DJ Sixsmith. Have a good evening, everybody. The Stephanie Gately Show is an exclusive production of WFEV Sports.